welcome to the ninth episode of the Misclick Podcast. Woo! Hey, we finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been, how many months has it been now? <laughs> uh, I'm not even counting anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I stopped counting somewhere along the way, too. It's a very special episode indeed, because it's the first episode of the year. Ooh. Only like five or six months <laughs> yeah, too late. Early in but May. <laughs> dang. <laughs> Boy, uh, a real, real great start of the year there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. How was your New Year's? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Today, it, it's only Crack and I because Icewire is busy. Yeah, we thought we'd uh, do at least a little something for you guys because it's uh, it's well, it's been five months at least. So, yeah, I mean, f- for anyone still listening to us, we really appreciate it after that long of a drought. <laughs> yeah, life has been difficult for all parties involved and time zones yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, exactly. But before we go into our usual stuff, I'd like to talk about something a bit serious for a moment. And that is about the death of Total Biscuit, um, one of my favorite YouTubers. He was actually one of my f- the first YouTubers I ever subscribed to. Um, and since then, he has been a massive inspiration for me. I mean, this this podcast as a whole would probably not exist if it wasn't for him, if I didn't take the inspiration from his the Co-optional podcast. And if if you listen to both shows, you can probably see where I got my inspiration from anyways. Throughout the years, he's taught me a lot about the games industry and why pre-ordering is bad for the consumer and the whole concept of voting with your wallet, meaning place the money where your beliefs are. He's also showcased a lot of amazing games uh, that I've played and I wouldn't have seen them if it if it wasn't for his coverage. And he was just overall a very strong personality who wanted the best for his friends and those around him. Um, Of course, he had a lot of haters as well, and he had a hard time dealing with them on social media too, but at least he tried tried to work around it to the best of his abilities and through therapy and with the help of those around him. Uh, He may have been the cynical Brit, but he had a heart of gold. On February 11th in 2011, he tweeted out, Life is a fragile thing. Treasure yours and the people in it. So this is my honor to him. May he rest in peace. Yes. If I were to rank uh, the content creators out there that that influence and inspire me the most, he would definitely be my number one. But... I'd like to have a moment here where I ask, who who are you inspired by? And who have you been influenced by? As far as me, man, that's always a hard question. Like, usually everybody's inspired by somebody, but I've never attributed what I wanted to do to any really one particular inspiration that I can think of. Like, it really was more about Taku, because she, she, like, watches a lot of YouTube, like, way more than me Mm. like she almost has it on almost all the time when she's working and stuff like that so right i usually just surf twitter or whatever and play games for the most part i really don't watch youtube that much i don't really watch much anything uh, other than Mm. anime but that's something else (laughs) anyway right um so the reason i started 
and what I was inspired by was really was just her. Like she hmm. told me that I should, you know, if I'm interested in playing games all the time, that I should potentially uh, do something with it. And maybe you go on YouTube or stream it or something. And that's kind of what started the whole thing. And I've kind of just felt my way through the dark all the way through. I haven't really gained any inspiration. I just kind of found what I liked and I've kept hmm. the things I've liked and got rid of the things that I don't like. It's right, really right. just been more about me. So <laughs> selfish <laughs> as that sounds. <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's kind of weird that I didn't really start from any particular source of inspiration, like at least at least out in social media. It was more mm. like internal, I guess you could say. Right, yeah. But that that's, you know, what set me on this path was her. Yeah, yeah. One other guy that has definitely influenced me is Ego Raptor. Mm. Not as much his part of Game Grumps and all that, but mainly his his sequelitis videos, mm. where he uh, really dives into a game and talks about game design and stuff, and it's just presented in such presented in such a way that's that's half uh, entertaining to watch and half very interesting. Uh, it's it's just very cool to have something um, taught to you in such a such a tempo and and humor as he does, um, and also he has an an animated figure of himself explaining all this stuff, and I kind of borrowed that idea as many others did on the internet. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I really don't think uh, that my my design videos would be where they are without that too. What um, is sequelitis exactly? Like briefly, I guess. I mean, it's it's it started off with him talking. I mean, sequelitis. It's like a, a sickness coming from creating yeah. sequels, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so he he starts talking about like Castlevania sequels and why they Ooh. weren't so good necessarily, according to him anyway. And then he just explained why he didn't like them. Oh um, yeah, I mean I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if you wrote something about Outlast because Outlast sequel was pretty bad compared to the original, from what I remember. Oh, really? Yeah, Outlast one was like super, super good and very scary, very cool. Mm. And then the second one kind of just took all that away and it made it kind of more random and unfair in some parts. And oh, okay. It just wasn't quite as good as the first. So. Mm. But yeah, he hasn't done a sequelitis in years now because he's too busy with Game Grumps, I believe. So that's a mm. bit of a shame. But mm. he he did like a thirty-minute video where he compared a link to the past with Ocarina of Time. Hmm. Um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of people they praise Ocarina of Time all the time. Yeah. And yeah. he he really dug into it and explained why he doesn't like Ocarina of Time and it's like he has valid points but yeah anyway let's begin the show proper we bring you discussions <laughs> and news about video games content creation and everything in between but mostly that yep and because I make the rules and since it's only Craig and I today this show shall now be called the Dude Bro Podcast mm, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so manly (laughs) doesn't get any manlier than this exactly exactly (laughs) so i think we should start out with a very manly discussion what have we been playing recently 
Oh, yes. I'll tell you right now, I'm playing the most manly of things, known as The Witcher 3. Doesn't that is quite manly, oh, to yes. be fair. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. There is there is much manliness to be to be had in that game. Between mm, I believe. Decisions and fighting and stuff like that. You, can, you could really be the biggest meathead you could possibly be in that game, mm. too, where it's just like... You know, I could talk to this guy, or I could just kill everybody, and we'll just call her good. All right, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world is your oyster. I've been playing way too much, like uh, at least over a hundred hours, and I have. I'm probably not going to do new game <laughs> plus because oh, wow. I don't want to do another hundred hours or more. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I I I'm kind of somewhat obsessive with like trying to do all the things. Like the complete. Thankfully. Like, as much as being a completionist I am, I've kind of killed off the part that's got, like, okay, I gotta get 100% of everything, because that just drives me insane on big games, right, especially right. like this, because you can't get everything. Well, you can. Yeah. No. You can with, a, with, like, a plan and a map and all kinds of stuff, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't have time for that, so I try to do as much as I can. I do do, all, like, all the side quests I find and stuff like that, and mm. those of you who've never played The Witcher... Um, just a side note, I have never played the first or the second one. And the oh, third really? one is very friendly for you to get into. And you don't have to know, like, the first two. It's really not necessary. Because, like, they're always, like, like qualifying questions as far as, like, lore and stuff goes. Like, you'll be in a conversation with a dude, and they'll bring up somebody you don't know. And you're just like, oh, my God, who's this guy? Where did he come from? What are they talking about right now? And then... Mm they'll have like a couple of choices. One of them will be like, well, how is my old friend blank doing? You know? And, and he'll be like, and then as he asked a question, the dude will tell you about the person that this person you probably don't know about and like his history and like a little bit of his backstory and how he relates to you. So you can ah. ask like the game, the questions you need to ask in regards to like lore and stuff like that. So nothing is really lost. You know, there may be bits That's and pretty pieces. Cool. Yeah. It's a really clever way of, of helping people remember because, you know, sometimes you forget or you'll maybe you'll put mm. the game down or something like that. Yeah, All yeah. the quests, there's there's a glossary and um, a bestiary and stuff like that that logs everything textually that you're doing, even through quests and through inter NPC re interactions and stuff like that. And even to go as far as to catalog their history after they met you, like there was a point in the game I made a horrible decision. I didn't realize where this person actually that was a ghost I thought was like a cool ghost. Turns out she was like an evil ghost and I set her free. Oh, no. And it said in her in her entry that years later people found out that this giant plague had spread because I accidentally let this ghost free and people oh, still shit. blame <laughs> Geralt to like wow. this day or something for unleashing the pestilence <laughs> ghost. I'm just like, no. oh God, I, I messed oh, up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really amazing. Like I I absolutely love the game, and it's it's simple too because you you know you have like a few spells you can do, and you have regular sword fighting, and then there's you know decision stuff, kind of like with um like Skyrim or or Fallout. Mm. You have the decisions you can make in dialogue, and you have options that will open up to you if you like level a certain thing here or there. There isn't mm, like a whole right. bunch of dialogue like enhancements you can get. There's just really just one. And I got that like right the start of the game because I'm like, oh, dialogue stuff. I like dialogue stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and fortunately, generally the options you choose will have the reaction that you kind of hope for. Don't know if you've played any of the Telltale games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I get what you mean. like, there is <laughs> one very specific thing that I'll never forget from The Wolf Among Us because you're like at the bar have a conversation with this dude, and one of the options says to glass him, and I'm like, oh, so that means we're gonna, you know, knock glasses together and be homies. I picked that dude <laughs> grabs a glass and smashes it over his head. I'm like, whoa, this is not what I wanted at all. This is nothing like. <laughs> What the hell I want it to happen. Oh, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know that. So, so generally what you pick is probably what the outcome is going to be. I mean, there's always unexpected things and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's generally in the ballpark of what you would expect from Geralt. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing that bothers me more when I pick an option and the character does, like, the opposite of what I thought the option was. I'm just like, oh, it's exactly, so yeah. dumb. Exactly, it's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> oh man, it's it's like I don't know if it's on sale, but it's on sale a lot. To be honest, it's constantly on sale. Yeah, like and it's like the game of the year edition, which comes with all the DLC and stuff. Like it's easily hundred hours worth of stuff for like around twenty, thirty bucks when it's on sale. Like super uh, worth it. Absolutely, you really get your money's worth. Oh yeah, you will spend a lot of time, and like, there's not always like super in-depth stories, but there really isn't like a quest and stuff without much meaning. Everything kind of has like a little story to it, which is really nice. And mm. and like, even at the start of the game, there's a couple really meaty like stories you can get into between hunting things and and helping people out and stuff like that. It, I mean, if you so desire, of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of meat to the game as far as the things you can do. It's pretty vast, so you'll you'll cool. be there a while. <laughs> nice. Um, Excellent. So what have you been playing, Cosmo? I have been playing an indie game called Stick It to the Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stick It to the Man, yeah. <laughs> and the name alone might give a hint that this is... Not the most serious game out there ever created. <laughs> um, it's 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 certainly no uh, The Walking Dead or anything like that. <laughs> it's it's very. Ha have you ever played a Double Fine game or Lucas Arts? Yes, I've played some of their older games like Full Throttle and of course Monkey oh, yeah. Island. Mm -hmm. This is this is. V it's clear that they have the inspiration from those kind of games. Um, because one, it's very much focused on humor, and two, it's like point and click. But uh. it's it's like mixed with platforming. Um, really? So instead of having the mouse cursor and you tap where you should go and stuff like that, you just control your character on like a two D plane. Huh. Um, and there's also some some platform elements in sort of like sneak slash chase sequence where we have to uh, maneuver some platforms but not get seen by s some of the bad guys mm. um, so, so kind of have to sneak around it um, mm. which is pretty interesting but the whole idea is that that you have this um, supernatural sort of invisible hand floating out of your head and you can use that to read people's thoughts with <laughs> it's an interesting um, turn. Yeah, yeah. And and some of them will think of something 
which will create this sticker item that you can pick up and then use that thought as a sticker somewhere else. Oh. So that's how the items work in that game, pretty much. Oh. Um, hence why it's called Stick It to the Man, because you take stickers and place them somewhere to solve the puzzles in the game. It's not, not the direction I thought that was going in at all. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not the, the longest game in the world, and it's not the most difficult either. The most challenging part it will be the stealth or chase sequences, whatever you'd call them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I beat it in not that long, not, not that many hours, but I mean, it's it's a very enjoyable game. It's very relaxing to just sit down and get entertained by something incredibly silly. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. There's, there's times where you just want a game where you can just kind of turn off and just kind of just go. Yeah, exactly. That's what I use that game for. <laughs> and other than that, I am still working my way through Persona 4. Oh, you started Persona 4? Hell yes. I mean, we haven't talked for a while, so maybe you didn't know. <laughs> no, this is the first I heard of it. Because like, I've been actually diving into the Persona series recently myself. Cause, oh, sick. Yeah, a friend of mine, Alan Box, he's been he's been playing, he played Persona 5, Persona 4, and now he's playing Persona 3, so it kind of got me jazzed for, for getting yeah, back yeah. into that. Uh, Persona 4, here is my first Persona game, um, but I got Persona 5 for my birthday. Ooh. So... But but I'm like I I'm I've been so curious about Persona Five for the longest time because I know that everyone has been praising it and it just looks so cool and all. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool looking, that's for sure. But uh, I've already like dug forty hours into Persona Four and I'm not done yet. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm I'm afraid if I begin Persona Five, then I won't return to Persona Four. I mean, I don't know the length of P Five, but I know like. Or is very long and the one it thing is, i absolutely. always like to bring up is like the speed run of like 100 percent of that game i think is like 120 some hours or something like and that's the speed like that's a speed run of 100 percent of the game so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i saw the oh, i mean i didn't watch it but i saw that the the record for any percent for persona 4 was like 16 hours yeah it's it's long it's a long haul it's a long game yeah there's a lot to Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it's so cool. I mean, I was blown away. What do you find most interesting about it? The story? Because of the whole thing where you... Um, I mean, this this is kind of minor spo spoiler territory. But the whole thing is that you get... That you meet some friends and there's this whole shadow world that you traverse into through a television... And in that shadowy realm that is inside of the television, you will kind of see the dark sides of your friends that they're trying to suppress in everyday life. But once you beat them, they kind of accept that, okay, this dark side of myself is indeed a part of myself. And now that every all of my friends have seen this part of myself, I'm kind of okay with it now. So that it has this funny psychological layer that I really like. Mm. Yeah. it's very interesting and and all the characters are very likable 
Yes. Uh, which also helps. Definitely. Um, I also really like the... Um, I mean, the combat is what it is. It's classic JRPG with yeah. turn-based combat and and all that kind of stuff. But the whole persona thing where you can get new personas and you can merge them into something else and you have to keep in mind with stats and abilities and all that. I think that system is very cool, actually. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool because it's kind of like... In, in a weird way, it's kind of like breeding, but it's not really because the yeah, other yeah. ones can inherit from others, and mm, there's exactly. the arcanas, and you can you know merge them and move them around and make them better, make them stronger, and mm. I mean eventually, I mean you could really sit there for a very long time, grind out dungeons, and just make like the perfect one that you love to oh, death, yes. you know, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, one thing I always enjoyed about the Persona series is usually like an overarching theme which is not too hard to like figure out very quickly for most Persona games because mm. I think P3 was supposed to be more about friendship in general and what kind of friendship right. is supposed to mean to people and what it means to be friends and to love and stuff like that and then P4 oh, cool. he pretty much yeah. touched on the theme there which is just about like the side of yourself that you don't accept I guess and, yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much. Some people suppress that aspect of themselves versus letting it out, which, you know, it's kind of like what what the dark ones kind of resemble is like that personality escaping, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really interesting. I don't know what P five was about because I haven't I haven't played or watched much of it because I do want to eventually get to it myself. So. Yeah, same. I've 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 avoided everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but I I know it's it's probably just as good, if not better, than than three or four. So. Yeah, I mean, if if it's anything to measure by, I mean, it had a lot of nominations at the Game Awards, even best game. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really good. Yeah. Also. Because I mean the. Persona 4 I'm playing, it's it's not the Vita version because I don't have a Vita, so it's the original on the PlayStation 2, and Persona 4 was released on the PlayStation 4, so they skipped the whole PlayStation 3, which is like a cycle of 8 years, so it's been at least 8 years from Persona 4 to 5. Imagine if you're already a fan of Persona 4 at the time. It's like, when is the next Persona? It's like eight <laughs> years away. Holy fuck. <laughs> they released a game that was kind of like a midway point, but it really wasn't. And that was... I mean, they they had, they had Ultra Max or the Persona 4 Arena, which was yeah, a fighting yeah. game, but that was kind of loosely, you know, story in that. And then they also released Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which I actually picked that up and... It didn't I really... I wanted to play that so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea of we make this serious... Op- or not not too serious RPG, but anyway, main canon game. And then we got to make a spin-off, which is a rhythm game where they just dance. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's so funny. It's really weird and funny. Like, I mean, if you're looking for, like, more story, you're not going to find a lot of it in the spin-offs. But, I mean... I didn't you, expect so. Yeah, <laughs> but if, I mean, if you like the characters, then definitely you should like check it out because it's just more what you already know you like so (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) 
I was surprised that they were going to make Persona 3 and 5 dancing all night, too. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect them to make rhythm games off of those, too. But I guess the fourth one must have went, like, really well enough to the point where they were like, we need to make a third and a fifth one, too. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, it's, it's good, because, you know, people really love the characters, and they're really invested in them, so if they get a chance to see more of them, then they're very likely to buy this game, even if you're not the biggest fan of rhythm games. It's, you know, it's pretty straightforward, and you can play it on easy and stuff like that, so... Mm, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I love rhythm games, so I'd probably have a blast. Oh, yeah, me too. Which is a perfect segue into the next big topic we're going to talk about this show. I don't know how that was a perfect segue, but I'm using it, so shut up. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough, it works. Craig and I, we discussed what we're going to talk about, and one of the topics that came to us was, like, difficulty in video games, which is mm. a big one, uh, because I believe this is right up your alley, at least, judging from your streams. Yeah, difficulty is a complex thing. It sure is. I mean, it's it's no secret that difficulty in games has become a selling point for some games for some games over the years. I mean, especially with Dark Souls being a massive success both commercially and in gaming culture as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we we have the whole phenomenon now of this is the Dark Souls of insert whatever game genre right here. It's it's gone beyond the point of even like a meme now. Now it's just like people are just mm. beating it to death. It's like this is the Dark Souls of this. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, I mean, I, I watched a clip with um, with Cliffy B who made Lawbreakers, and we all know how that game went. Oh yeah. But when he was promoting it, he said, "This is the Dark Souls of FPS." Oh, God. Like, what? come on, man. <laughs> Really? Oh. Some games they feel like they were designed deliberately to be difficult, where other games they have just have a fan base that that is so big that they make up arbitrary rules the player must follow if they don't want an easy game. Uh, okay. For instance, there's a whole Nuzlocke challenge in yeah. Pokemon games. That that's a pretty fun like thing too like i i myself do watch the occasional nuzlocke and it's it's pretty fun to watch people struggle through that and make it even worse by throwing in like a randomizer where they will go through mm. the, like the level five area and suddenly zapdos pops out and you're just like oh crap you know no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did one yourself didn't you i did for a while yeah i did and then i realized it just wasn't for me <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I I have deep respect for people who try to take that challenge, but I just know that's not for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am also I, sorry. I get too attached to my Pokemon. I don't want them to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's also games that have scalable difficulty, where it's only optional if you want to choose the hardest or the expert or insane difficulty. Yeah. So what what's what game have you played and completed on the hardest difficulty? Oh boy, this is always the weirdest question for me because, like, to be honest, like I don't play many games on like the highest difficulty because for me, like, I'll play through a game once and I usually just play it like on medium or something like that, and then mm, yeah, I usually don't go back to it again. Or if I play like an RPG, RPGs really don't have a difficulty adjuster; they're just 
they just what they're just what they are most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, the most the game I've beat on the most hardest of difficulty levels, I'm pretty sure was Call of Duty Three. What Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah, I know it's the weirdest thing. Like, there was an achievement for being the game on the hardest difficulty, which was like veteran, I think. And that was back when I had an Xbox 360 and I was also bored and my friends were really into Call of Duty. I wasn't. I usually don't touch that stuff. But right. I suddenly decided, like, oh, there's this achievement for being on veteran. How hard could that possibly be? Famous last words. <laughs> and I actually sat through the whole game and I actually beat it on veteran difficulty. But it, wow. it was retarded because, like... Just to highlight a few things that made it hard. One was that, like, they threw grenades at you, but these guys were, like, Olympic grenade throwers on Veteran. Like, they they would always <laughs> lob it, like, right exactly where you stood. So you had to either immediately, like, throw it back or run. And, of course, like, on Veteran, you, you have, like, you know, a couple hit points. Like, you take a couple bullets, you're dead, you know? And yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there's wow. a lot of hiding and waiting and, like, popping out and shooting people, hiding and waiting. <laughs> it, was, it was long because <laughs> wow. getting hit, you know, and there's checkpoints and stuff like that, you know? So you there's a couple, like, really big battles in the game, of course, and, like, during those, it was a nightmare because anything could happen to you at any given time. So mm. it was terrible and i would probably never do that again oh and a fun fact is too if it is call of duty 3 i can't remember i know i think it was the third one but like in the beginning of the game there's like a tutorial where you have to shoot some stuff in like this little wooden house in a warehouse kind of like a training thing and if you mm. do it within a certain amount of time i think it was like 20 seconds then you could actually play on veteran but you could not play the hardest difficulty until you did that in the tutorial wow yeah huh. it wouldn't let that's you that's interesting yeah pretty interesting that's i mean i've played through dark souls and stuff like that but again they don't have an adjustable like difficult well i guess unless you count the bonfire mechanisms that they had in the later games where you could rekindle a bonfire and make it harder basically and respawn all the monsters and uh, get harder see, yeah. every single time you rekindled it but like <laughs> you know it's i mean it's hard as it is so i mean i have yeah, right. beaten dark souls as well so i've played some mm. more games <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I think one of my proudest moments is when I beat Mass Effect 2 on Insanity. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, I, I went through a, f a phase in my life where I was like, okay, if if I really, really like this game, then I must get every single achievement in it. Yeah, I had that phase um, too. So I have 100% achievement unlocks in Mass Effect 1 and 2. But out of those two, I think Mass Effect 2 was definitely the harder one to beat on Insanity. Um, because the combat is... It's much more tight compared to the first one, at least. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, this is like a cover-based shooter. And, I mean... Like many other games, and we can probably discuss this in a moment, it is it just follows the simple. Okay, how do we make this game harder? We just we just adjust the numbers to make the enemies a bit harder, or yeah. something like that. Um, we we give you a, a little bit more health, but we give them massive health and massive damage, so it's a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, but I I just remember 
spending so long on the last boss in Mass Effect 2. Uh, dying time after time, but then finally when I did the trick where I just used the uh, the the mini nuke weapon pretty much on the giant boss, <laughs> and I finally got a shot in, because that's, that's not easy to do, because there are enemies all then you only have this this small window to do it and all kind of stuff. When I finally hit it and I didn't stand too close where I would blow myself up, <laughs> then I was like, oh shit, this is finally happening. I'm actually doing this. And then I beat it and got the achievement. Wow. So, so that's that's definitely one of the, the toughest games I've beaten. But I also want to give a mention to... Pokemon Puzzle League. Oh, wait, what? Pokemon Puzzle League? <laughs> yes. Dude, if, if you've ever played that or Tetris Attack, it gets mad against the AI at the it's, end. It's really hard, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but Pokemon Puzzle League has, for the longest time, been my therapy game. Therapy game? Oh my god, I yeah. got so upset when I played that game. <laughs> because because there, there was a time where I was really depressed and down to the dumps and was like, you know what, I just I just want to play Pokemon Puzzle League. And I just, I was at heart, I think, and against Gary Oak. And I just died again again and again. I lost again and again and again, but I just kept at it because that's all I wanted to play. And I, I could really I could really feel when I picked that game up again later that dude I'd really I'd really improved on that even though I lost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just I just kept at it at, at one point and I eventually fought my way up to super hard, which is a difficulty you unlock after very hard, which oh, is God. a difficulty you unlock after beating it on hard. So it doesn't get any harder than this. <laughs> but I mean it gets ridiculous and I only beat it on very hard because the game glitched out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I I won against Gary because the AI did something stupid where it created a tower of blocks that 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 was only on the very right side of the screen and they just didn't remove it. Oh. Um, oh. So that, that was scary. And then you get to the secret super boss, which is Mewtwo. And the thing about Mewtwo is that you, if you lose to Mewtwo, then you have to defeat Gary again before oh, you can no. try again against Mewtwo. So that only happened uh, like two times or so. But this time, when I was against Mewtwo... The AI did it again. They made the tower on the very right. They didn't remove it. So I just like, I won, but I didn't really do a thing. It was just the AI. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, hey, it counts, I guess. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it counts. It glitches happen, you know. And for some reason, I've heard of glitches happening on harder difficulties and stuff just because, like, the AI can sometimes get out of control at those levels. Mm. Uh, like I think, um, like playing the hardest difficulty of like Civilization Five, I think it was. I don't know if this was a constant thing or just on the hard one, but like Gandhi would just 
go straight to the nuke era and try to nuke you constantly. <laughs> like, that was like the biggest bug for a while. I think they've since, you know, fixed it. But I heard about yeah, that yeah. going around. I know when <laughs> like certain hard difficulties will break things just oddly. And I, maybe it's just because the numbers are too high or something. I don't even know. Or do you even. Yeah. Oh, Possibly. but if you do like Pokemon Puzzle League, you might like that new game. Was it like Puyo Tetris or something like that? Or Puyo Pop Tetris? I think I've seen some of that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a similar thing to that because I played Puzzle League for a while, a long time ago, and it kind of has similar elements because Puyo is like that big hit in Japan, not so much here. Mm, it's, right. It's kind of the slimes and stuff, but yeah, you should look into that. Yeah, yeah, it should, probably. I love Tetris Attack and puzzle league anyway did you ever um, play the uh the gamecube tetris game no i didn't know there was one it was like a 3d it was like a, a sphere of tetris that you could work with basically oh wow yeah it was pretty weird <laughs> pretty wild kind of fun though it's it's interesting because i'm not that big into tetris as a whole a Tetris attack I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I figured something like the Puyo Tetris combination might interest you more because it's not mm. just Tetris. It incorporates elements from both games. It makes it a little more interesting. I'm not that into True. it, but yeah, you know, for whoever is interested in that kind of more of a style, then that would be for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's also the honorable mention here of Undertale. Oh, <laughs> I forgot I beat that on hard too. Yeah, yeah, with the whole genocide run. Yeah, unfortunately, um, it's a uh, oh oh that hard. I thought you meant the actual hard mode, the one that's not finished. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. I I beat that too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the actual hard mode's fun, but yeah, genocide's like basically hard mode for that game for sure. Yeah, that I think I I spend five hours on that final boss it's probably about reasonable i'd say for the final boss <laughs> yeah 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 it's crazy so that also feels like much of an achievement after it be that one yeah um i, th I think it also counts but i I've, i mean as as i mentioned before i'm very big into rhythm games and I have also beaten the infamous Through the Fire and Flames on Expert in Guitar Hero 3. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. And the thing about rhythm games and Guitar Hero in particular is that at some point, or that that game in general, many many songs are just overcharted, meaning that you, it's it's they make it too hard to play like there's really no reason yeah or they chart things that's not even a guitar just to make things harder so i'm just like eh. i mean it's it's fun to play on on the expert difficulty but some some of the part is like dude that's that's too much work on the on the guitar hero chart compared to how you would actually play it on a guitar yeah um how about cuphead you played that one too. Yeah, I mean, I I had beaten it. But I never got it. I never played on expert afterwards. No, I, I can't really imagine that game being any harder than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, it, I don't think it really adds a whole lot of... Like, for, if I remember for expert mode on Cuphead, I don't think it really adds any extra patterns or anything. I think it just gives them, like, more HP or something, I think, is the general change mm. for that. Oh, yeah, so they do the thing with the numbers, and then, hey, it's harder now. Yeah, there might be extra patterns. I don't know, because I haven't played it, and I haven't really, like, heavily looked into it. But as far as I remember, it's just longer fights, basically. Mm, right. Yeah, it's 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 also, it's also something I noticed in like Overwatch and their seasonal events, where the harder difficulties they were just like, okay, enemies are tougher now, and maybe there would be here here's a couple of more enemies. So it's not like, I mean, sometimes I feel like in difficulty in games that I mean there are some games I just can't really come with an example where they will add something extra to it. On the more difficult difficulties. I mean, I guess Pokemon Puzzle League is an example of this because on easy, you would only get up until Gary Oak, I think. No, you would only get up until Giovanni. And then medium, you would meet the Elite Four. And on hard, it would be the Elite Four plus Gary the Champion. And then very super hard and on or very hard and super hard you would meet Mewtwo afterwards so they would actually add more stuff the harder it got hmm. um, and I think more games should do that honestly I mean it, it brings some some great variety and not just hey it's the same but numbers are higher now yeah the only downside of doing that is like for me like I want to see all the things so usually I'm tempted to start on the higher difficulty despite the fact that I probably shouldn't just because I want to like see everything <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I guess that's a valid point I mean yeah it would remove some content if, if you're not good enough yeah definitely but I mean parts of the game you just wouldn't experience yeah but like I think it's okay in the context to do that as long as it's not like like super plot integral i guess to things like if you add extra mm. stuff that's like a kind of like a bonus boss or bonus whatever and it just adds like you know some cool stuff to the story but it doesn't really have like a drastic change on things then i think that's that's all right but mm -hmm. because like some people just are not that skilled <laughs> games <laughs> <laughs> yeah lack of better words it's not like people you know, people are just not good. It's just, like, some people don't want to go through that. But that's what YouTube's for, you know? If you can't beat something, just, hey, I'll go on YouTube and just watch somebody else beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I guess that brings us over to, like, there's also the very special case of difficult games that are basically called YouTube bait games. Oh, yeah. Which is like games like uh, I Am Bread and Getting Over It, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's and the latest thing. I'm just... It's basically the here the difference between games that are being designed to be hard or games that are, that are hard because they deliberately designed the controls to be wonky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's those games that are hard to master because they are designed to be so weird. Yeah. And that 
rage that comes from. I, I just can't do this because this game is so stupid that becomes entertaining and then, hey, more views on YouTube. But it's a, it's a weird way to design a game hard, I feel, to li- just because this controls so badly that it's hard now. Yeah, there's... There is games that I've played like that, like with since I play a lot of the I Want to Be the Guy games. There's mm. stuff like that, choices that make stuff make it more dependent upon RNG or upon wonky controls. Like I played one where you were had the ability to fly, but you were constantly rotating in a circle the whole time you were flying. <laughs> so, like, you would try to move around and you could dodge stuff, but because you're constantly rotating, you would occasionally clip something because you, you, you can't, like, you can't stop the movement. Like, you try to balance out, but the rotation's circular. So no matter, like, if I'm pressing left while he's trying to go right, then, you know, then it, I can balance it out, but then he'll start trying to go up, and then I'll start pressing down, and then he'll go back left, and I'll start pressing right. <laughs> You know, it's it's really makes it difficult. Like usually you can kind of make your way through it, but like I can understand like the whole concept of making the controls harder to make it harder, but the, but it tends to frustrate people too because then you feel like you cannot control your character anymore and your, your mm, character is just yeah, doing yeah. what it wants to do and then you're subject to just stuff happening and then you get like frustrated and you know, you you throw chairs or you you do something yeah. terrible like break your mouse or break something yeah. or scream into your pillow at night or you know mm. whatever it takes to alleviate <laughs> the frustration yeah. but i feel like games like cuphead for instance are a bit how, how would you say forgivable for being hard because at least the controls are tight yeah. And you know that I'm not good enough right now, but I can probably beat. I don't know, it's hard to describe. Because you're really not... In a way, it feels like you are playing against the game, but with stuff like Get, o- get Over It, you're really playing against yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because the objects are all static. You know, you're just... Like in getting over, you're just going, but objects don't move. Nothing comes to kill you. Yeah, you're just yeah, yeah. Making your way up there on your own, but the fact that your controls are wonky is the challenge all on its own. Because you will screw yeah, yeah. yourself over so many times. <laughs> mm. uh, but I, but I kind the... of agree about the YouTube bait thing, though. I feel like a lot of people play games like that just to scream and yell at the top of their lungs and break things market yeah, yeah but like absolutely. was a good example of that like he like broke his chair broke his mouse and i'm just like oh man like you know it's it's silly to do things like that i don't know why you would get so angry you start breaking things i never really understood that no it's it's so bizarre that's why i think sometimes he hams it up a little bit just for fun you know yeah, I think that there's a lot of that in there. They put on this this persona. It's like, now I'm playing this game and I get easily frustrated now. More than they normally would because it creates a good show. <laughs> but, it but most of the um, 
most of the I want to be the guy games that you play, they follow the same controls, right? Generally, yeah. Uh, there's difficulty is completely in flux as far as like those kind of games goes because you can pick your difficulty, but generally people design the game to be at one difficulty and not at higher ones in this because you know, it's just like when you make say when you make a game you say you make 100 levels and three bosses uh, mm. if you design it at one difficulty level you're done however if you want to design it at other difficulty levels all that 100 levels all those bosses all require tweaks you know and you could do it by the numbers mm. but sometimes doing it by the numbers doesn't work correctly not like you'd think you know it, it could add it could make the patterns much worse than you expected or or it could make it could do more damage than you would expect it to do where you go from like three shots to death to one shot to death and maybe it's a pattern that occasionally might wall you meaning like it's impossible to dodge basically if you get walled and if you yeah, yeah. you know if you get walled and you have one hit to die then you're dead <laughs> and you and so so even number changes can potentially break things that you don't know but you know, generally, they most people choose to make one difficulty for that reason. Makes it simpler, and you don't have to alter anything. And, you know, typically nothing will break. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the controls are always essentially the same. You know, you jump, you shoot, and there's yeah. gimmicks um, that will change gameplay. Stuff like stuff that allows you to jump twice, or maybe allows you to throw bombs, or. Mm. maybe allows you to try to think of some other things like throw eggs and you know people do weird stuff there's water you know of course you can swim through which changes how the gravity works and there's always there can be so many things you can vary but like um when it comes to difficulty it's very not always easy to peg especially when it comes to games like those because like i test a lot and i I'd like to think that maybe I'm as good as like somewhere in the middle of the spectrum of people. So I feel mm, like I right. can generally give good feedback on the high end of hard games and on the low end of easier games because I'm kind of like in the middle. But like I had a discussion with a guy last night who I was playing his game and he was, we were talking back and forth. And like there was a couple of, you know, segments that I did right on the first time, which makes me think, oh, you know, this is. Maybe this is a bit easy. You know, maybe this is easier than expected. Or mm. maybe it should be harder. Or maybe it should be more in line with things. But, you know, there's also times where you're just playing good out of nowhere. Yeah. And you do, yeah. you do stuff that you don't normally expect yourself to do. And then, <laughs> you know, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is too easy. Let me make this harder. And then you find out later that, you know, everybody else has played the game. is like, this is the hardest segment I ever played. Why did you why did you make this harder? And it's like, well, I, I did it first try a couple of times, you know, I, I thought it was good and it wasn't good, you know, stuff like that can <laughs> happen because, you know, yeah. if you think it's easy, doesn't mean you think something else is easy. And yeah, right, right. <laughs> difficulty is such an odd thing because of people's skill levels and it's very subjective, really. Yeah, I mean, there are people that are really good, and if, like, a really good person tests your game and your game is pretty easy, you might be like, like, well, this is too easy. You know, maybe you should make it harder. You know, mm. whereas the person who's normally plays games at a lower level, and they're like, oh, well, this is, this is too hard for me. Maybe you should make it easier. So it's kind of like... 
where do you find the balance? Do you try to find the majority of people that can do it? Do you appeal to a crowd on the mm. higher end that is the point where they're so advanced, it's hard for them to find a challenge at their tier, so to speak? Mm. Or do you try to cater to pretty much everybody, but then the people who play the harder stuff will probably never touch your game because it's just too easy. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, Interesting. It's, it's really hard finding a target audience for difficulty for that reason because it's just, mm. you know, it's who it's really more like who do you who do you want to be your audience? If you want it to be the, the expert players, then you design it like that. And if you want it to be the mm. if you want it to be open to everybody, then you kind of design it like that. You know, what some mm. people have been doing, like if they want to just add something that for People who are much better at the game, they'll add like extras or secrets that are very, very hard to do. And whereas mm. the game normally will be fairly, you know, moderate to easy. So oh, that right. way the higher end people can get kind of their itch scratched with the harder right. stuff. <clears throat> so it's it's really interesting. It's one of the things that's kind of had my eyes open to when I became a part of the community of how how wonky difficulty can truly be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is a valid question. Why do you enjoy playing hard games? It's funny because I normally don't. <laughs> I like no. playing games. <laughs> I like playing games normally. I guess it's just like, it's just something that comes with the territory. Because like in any army that be the guy game, it's always you get hit, you die. Like it's just that simple. Like you, you don't have an HP bar, you just you get mm. something at you, you die. You know, and it's it's odd. I don't know why. I think there's just something like something that feels good about being able to do something and then not die while doing it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because normally most games you have a you have a hit point bar and stuff like that, and people want to try to do things perfectly, you know. But if they don't, then it's like, yeah, it's okay, you know. I'm, we're just gonna do this and we're gonna kill this boss and whatever, you know. But mm. in I mean, the guy you have to be basically perfect whenever you're doing stuff, you know. You can't yeah. get hit <laughs> by any single object, mm, right? Unless somebody wants to balance something by giving you hit points, but that's rare. That's like only if if it's like really hard or if there's potentials for there to be walls that will kill you because being having only have one hit point, if you get walled out, mm. then you're done. You know, it makes the game impossible at that point. And there are some people that have designed their games to be impossible on purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will never understand why you would want to make an impossible game on purpose like accidentally i can understand but if you release a game and you never want anybody to ever complete it why did you even make it <laughs> just for the fun of making something impossible i guess yeah i <laughs> guess so because it's funny that because for some there's there was a couple of possible games that i won't mention that people have made patches for to make them possible on purpose. So what? <laughs> because people stupid. got frustrated that the game was impossible. Like, well, I want to finish playing this game. They were determined to finish the game, so they made it. They took the game and altered it and made it possible again. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Wow. laughs> amazing. And it's really, it's actually really interesting when people do that because you find out that past the impossible part, some people 
have more stuff, that there is actually stuff past that impossible part. So it makes you think, was this game impossible from the beginning? Or did they make a horrible mistake and just let it go? Or And then there's some games that you get past the impossible part and there's absolutely nothing. So you kind of <laughs> know that this is this is either maybe they decided to release the game with this impossible part because that was the end, you mm. know, or did they get lazy and they used to like, you know, F it, I'm going to release this and it's just going to be what it <laughs> yeah. is. And, you know, it's, I'm just tired of this working on this game now. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting the thought process behind that kind of stuff because it's not often people make like, it's, it's actually very easy to make an impossible game. Of course, you know, you just make it so that we nobody can ever complete it. Mm. But it's just the thought process of what lies behind, that. you know, it is the kind of the story behind how it came to be, I guess, is more interesting for some people. Yeah, yeah. Game design is also a funny thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, f- for me, when I, when I pick up a hard game, like Cuphead, for instance... Um, it just feels so rewarding whenever you beat something in it, and it's it's kind of that high you're always searching for. Yeah, I guess. Like, spend so many times in that that freaking dragon boss, <laughs> and then you you finally beat it. Like, oh yes, finally <laughs> I did it. And move I hate that dragon boss. I hate dragon boss so much. <laughs> uh, that was like the bane of my existence in Cuphead too. That took me so long to beat that stupid yeah. boss. But I felt like I was like, hell. yeah, I beat the dragon. Oh, take that. <laughs> oh, uh, God. And I, I just remember one of the levels. It's like, okay, this is one of the run and gun levels. Okay, basic platforming. I'm used to this. We can do that. What? They have like gravity changing switches now. Holy hell, oh God, no. <laughs> this, this slightly new mechanic, like, hey, we also have this now. It's like, no, <laughs> God, no. I I appreciate what they did with, with the design for that because you could essentially just do all the bosses. You didn't have to do the run and gun levels. It wasn't True. required for completion. So if you mm. wanted a game where you just could beat bosses, you could have that. That's kind of like... Another fun, I guess another fun interesting thing about difficulty is kind of like if you want to make it, what kind of difficulty do you want? Do you want like a, one particular thing like a boss to be the difficulty? You know, there's 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 a couple games out that are just bosses, you know, and people yeah people like that, you know, and then there's Shadow games, of the Colossus, for instance. Yeah, exactly. And then there's other games where you're just platforming for the most part, and maybe there's kind of like a thing here or there, but it's mostly just platforming, which is, you know, mm. what some of my, most of the, I want to be the guy games are just your platforming. Yeah. Um, and then there's other type, there's plenty of other types, you know, of, of games that you could potentially do stuff with, like Toho, the whole Toho series is designed on Bullet Hell, you know, it's, mm pretty much the core aspect of that (laughs) it's very difficult you know and it gets really insane but still plausible like the developer the toho stuff he's one of the people that wanted multiple difficulties but also paid attention to how it was created it wasn't just all numbers like that he went in and he designed each and every difficulty so that way it was possible maybe not necessarily 
fair, so to speak, depending on who you ask. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, he took out the time to make each difficulty possible. So that way, when you wanted to do the harder one and you wanted to get to that level of play and you did it, like it felt amazing because you'd finally mm. been able to do it and it was possible for you to do it. <clears throat> that's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure that's, that's like the one thing that difficulty always shares is just like overcoming that obstacle. It's like the feeling of euphoria. It's for Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, um, I think one another another thing, and I, I think that might also it might be a reason why I would ever pick up. I want to be the guy, but that is whenever you die, you can start over again in an instant. Yeah, that has a huge role. You don't have to wait through a cutscene where it's like, oh, you died. Do you want to continue a game over? And then you want to continue, and then you have to wait for the game to load again to set you back. Yeah. No. Instantaneously you can try again. And that also helps keeping the motivation up to actually try beating it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really important for that. Like, especially with Army of the Guy, since you die so much, it's just like, yeah. just press a button and you're back. You yeah, know, exactly. There's There's no dancing around that thankfully yeah there i guess in games i would expect with games that don't expect you to, to die as much there may be as a lengthier process in resetting um but in a game where you die all the time i would hope there's an easy way to go right back yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um i remember v v v v v v oh yeah i love that that's 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 also a game that I was, I mean, it's it's it gets it gets pretty difficult at times. Yeah. Especially if you're going to get all the discs, and you have to get through that. I, I can't remember what it was called. Vini Vidi Vinci oh, or something. Oh, the the hardest trinket in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. We had to get all the way up and all the way down again, but. It, for me, it was a combination of, like, one, you could just start over instantly and try again. And two, the music was bawling. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Constant bawling, dude. I love the yeah. music for it. <laughs> so that just kept me going, like, I'm okay with this. I'm still having a good time. And when I die, I just try again. And, yeah, I beat the whole game. And, and I think, as I said before, instantaneous restart has been a massive part of why I did that. <laughs> You bring up an interesting thing, too, like with different styles, you know, between something like triple jumps or going upside down or gravity and this and that other thing. Man, that's like a whole other like different layer of consideration when it comes to difficulty, too, because not everybody mm. like for me, I hate gravity. Because like I can't think upside down, like I can't. No. When the character's <laughs> upside down on my screen, I'm trying to think. Oh my god, how do I even do this? What the hell? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gravity drives me nuts. Like I'm so bad at doing things upside down. Like I can't. Mm. Like like I'll, all my skills just go out the window. You knew if I could do it right side up, trying to do it upside down is a whole other thing entirely for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I mean, occasionally I will pick up a game and play it on a harder difficulty, but just like you, pretty much, I tend to go with, like, normal or easy for the most part. Yeah, it's, you know, 
I, I appreciate games that will like kind of describe out their difficulty levels. I mean, you have like Doom, which has like the gag Doom, and I should say um, Wolfenstein, which has the gag difficulty levels, where it's because like, especially in Wolfenstein, it has like hurt me, daddy. Which is like the hardest one, <laughs> and then yeah. you know the the lowest one shows your main character with like a bonnet over his head, and he's got like a binky in his mouth, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Or the <laughs> I mean, they, they go into details for of like why what what they've done to make it harder, easier, but they also kind of make fun of you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, um, the one, the, probably the only game that I can think of that had like the most detailed difficulty level changes was um, was Tomb Raider. Um, oh, hmm. not like old old one, but like the um, I forget what it's called. Like I think it's like Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something like that. One of the Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Thank you. Yeah, that was it. Where it had five different levels and it told you like in very specific details. This has more increased health. This is what this does. But also would add like what probably people would consider like modifiers like oh your health doesn't regenerate in this mode or in this yeah. mode it's more survival because you actually have to find food and you have to eat stuff every so often or you're going to die and yeah 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 you know and and you know or resources are very scarce so that way you have to rely upon more on jumping on people or sneaking up on people and using stuff that doesn't require ammunition mm. you know Stuff like that. The survival games, I guess, are much easier to tweak difficulty-wise because you can just take resources away. Yeah, true. Instead of giving the player so much, or and you can also make the stuff harder and easier, and more health and stuff like that. You know, mm. Make the upgrades cost twice as much, so that way they have to get their, get twice as much materials. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's the same with that uh, thief, the reboot from a few years ago. Um, they basically had an option where you could design your own difficulty. They had all these things you could toggle on and off to to tailor your own experience. Mm. Um, and that's that's pretty cool, actually. That they just yeah. give it out to the player like that. Of course, they still had like the classic difficulty settings, but they also just had like here yeah, custom difficulty. You can do whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like like uh, a lot of the 4X games kind of offer that kind of stuff where you can oh, yeah. design how much AIs you want, how hard you want them to be, how much resources you want them to have, and stuff like that. Mm. So you can kind of like fine tune your the challenge that you feel would be appropriate to you or you and your buddy as you're playing with and stuff like that, you know. But I don't mm. like for me like like I don't really care to go to that level of detail, you know. I just you know it's just no. Easy, like five difficult levels, easy, medium, hard, very hard, expert, you know, or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. I only just sit there for two hours and tweak every single resource and unit that the computer gets, and you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, I guess, maybe stuff like that is added in the forex like strategy type of games because maybe they want to, I don't know, reenact something or, or play out a certain situation or. Mm. You know, stuff like that, I guess, could be possible with that kind of tweaking. But I think that's also, I mean, especially made for for the players who is, like, deeply in, invested in that game and have played it a lot and they want more stuff out of it. Because, I mean, I when I picked up Thief, I was like, okay, I'm really only interested in playing through it and experiencing the story, so I'll go with the easy one. But I mean, if if the story is amazing and stuff like that, and I want to play it again, then then I would probably just create my own experience, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, another thing I just thought of was uh, we talked about LucasArts before and Double Fine. Yeah. Um, those kind of games. And I think Full, Full Throttle has an example of this where they would make like the puzzles super how would you ever think of doing that <laughs> <laughs> just to drag the game out Dude, that's classic um, like LucasArts tactic there was always like the most ridiculous things that you had to do that you wouldn't even put that together like I think in one of the Monkey Island games you had to put together some like vague potion that you know, it was like a wordplay. Like you needed this thing, but it could. It was. It was this thing, but it was like this. Like, uh, like a. How can I say it? Like instead of a chicken, you could get like a rubber chicken, for instance. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just really, really vague wordplay, and you. And most time, you're just like, what the heck? I don't like mo- a lot. Of, for me, point and click games end up in, in early days with just. With, literally pointing and clicking every single thing I had in my inventory. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try all right. kinds of combinations to see whatever worked. <laughs> I really felt like you had to have, like, huge brain to really puzzle out some of this stuff because it was just so obscure sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched a video by Pushing Up Roses who's, who called the, the term moon logic... And I really like that term. <laughs> yeah, out of out of this world logic, like who would ever think of doing that? Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, I think it was in, as I mentioned, full throttle. There would be this wall where you had to click on a very specific stone in that wall. Oh God, I remember that. Yes, there was a very <laughs> particular brick you had to kick, and there was like maybe a hundred bricks on the wall. And, like, it wasn't, like, one of the games where you could, like, lock in on the brick. No, you just, if you press kick on a location on the wall, he would go up and he would kick the wall. And you would just do that until you found the right one. (laughs) (laughs) It was the dumbest thing. so stupid, yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's interesting because those games back in the day, they... I mean, the old games, they didn't necessarily have the budget to make them incredibly long. So what they did was to give people what their money was worth. They just made the puzzles harder. Mm. (laughs) So they would spend more time playing the game. I feel like they made a good investment. (laughs) It's funny you you mentioned that because that reminds me of something else that somebody had told me before. And that's like artificially inflating difficulty to make the game longer. yeah, yeah. There's a couple of designers that like in a bot like there's there you know no normally I want to be the guy you can only die in one hit. So you have a boss and you know you normally it does its boss like things, but somewhere either midway through the boss or at the end of the boss another another type of boss will be added. And we're not talking like true final boss kind of type of reveal. It's usually was like mm. uh either like a platforming segment that was required or in a segment where you would dodge multiple bullets coming from different directions that would be required. And suddenly you'd go from trying to learn the patterns of a boss and now trying to learn the patterns or dealing with the RNG of another segment in the middle of the boss. <laughs> you wow. know, And that was, that was a, a tactic that even still is used to basically inflate 
artificially extend the length of time somebody would spend because you mean everybody's brain is flexible, but when you go from one type of thing to another type of thing that requires like very specific learning mm. uh, kind of along the way, it kind of makes it hard because think about this, like you're, you're learning stuff and then your teacher were to switch subjects somewhere in the middle and you're just yeah, like, yeah. what am I doing? You know, I got to bust out my English book now and now I got to learn this in the middle of doing that. And, mm. but the worst part is with bosses, like, when you die, you have to start over. You don't, there's no checkpoint. Like they purposely make sure there's not a checkpoint for that segment. So then even though you've already learned the boss by this stage, you're now, you're now going through like a, a couple minutes slog of a boss that you're kind of bored with. Cause you've already been it so many times to a hmm. segment that you have to learn on yeah, top yeah, of yeah. already now <laughs> learning the boss. So it get like, it can be frustrating for people to do that. And it, and it does take it longer because of that, because now you're just sleeping through a boss that, you know, potentially could kill you through bad luck. And then now you have to learning another segment that you've got to keep trying at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, f I feel like at least uh, the final boss in Undertale had some of that to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah, to some degree. Uh, it wasn't like a complete flop per se, but, you know, it was definitely a change for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting way to do things. Like, it's like you, if you present it in, in a good way, it is fun. But mm, presented exactly. in like, you know, in a way that makes it more hard or it, it makes it, you know, more unfair or something like that. And then people start getting frustrated. It just depends, really. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think we have talked about game difficulties for quite a while now in many aspects. <laughs> uh, maybe just It's a, a giant topic we could probably keep on going. Yeah, it really is a huge topic. You could probably sit here and talk for hours about all these games and the way difficulty has been presented in them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so... If anyone would like to chip in with what their hardest games or the hardest games they've ever played was, then feel free to comment down below. Um, I think that was it. That wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if I haven't said it before, I'll say it again. Very sorry for the long drought of no shows. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, as it is, life happens and three people and three time zones and just a small, very small recording window to doing anything. It's gets, it gets tricky. Yeah. But, like any good game, it, it will come when it comes. Yes, it will it is come out when it's supposed to come out. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's better be there when it's finished. <laughs> yeah, it's better there finished than some weird janky stuff somewhere along the way because we're trying to make a schedule, so... Yeah, exactly. So if you got here through a misclick, we hope that it turned out to be a happy little mistake for you. Mm-hmm. I am Cosmeronic. You can find me on Twitter if you like. And where can they find you, Cracker? If you're looking for me, you can also find me on Twitter or occasionally on Twitch when I stream once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with the with the short window of doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, life's fun. 
Life is hilarious. <laughs> and that is the two of us. We are the Misclick Podcast. You are a great listener. Thanks for now. Goodbye. Bye.